Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. And then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. episode 27 i'm dan and i'm jen and pilot season is the podcast that uh, we watch and review just the pilot episode of a television show it could be old new uh never aired canceled doesn't matter we usually take turns picking shows and i believe this was your pick Yes. If, if I am correct. And you want to tell everyone what we watched? We watched My So-Called Life. My So-Called Life. <laughs> <laughs> this was a show that I, I had a passing familiarity with. It was, it aired in 94, and it was canceled in the spring of 95. I was working at a record store then, and a lot of the... Um, most mostly female co-workers of mine were watching it at the time I was in my early 20s this to me was a girl show <laughs> so I didn't watch it what, what what's your history with this show if any um I have never seen it but some of my friends like loved the show loved it and, you know, I had had never seen it, so I really didn't know what all the fuss was about, um, which sometimes is the reason that I pick shows, you know, like, what was the big deal there? Right. So um, I kind of felt like, you know, maybe I missed something really good. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, we, we ought to go back and kind of check it out. So Yeah, I... I'm inclined to agree. I feel the exact same way. Um, this was not something I would, you know. That being said, this was this is not something I would still just watch on my own. You know, if it weren't for the show, uh, you know, kind of cult hit or not, I would probably not have watched this. And it is kind of, like I said, kind of a cult hit. It has a, it, to this day, it still has a very strong following. It only went 19 episodes. Like I said, it was it was canceled after the first season, and I think I think at the time it went it was going up against a lot of heavy hitters. Uh, I think it was directly in competition with like Friends and, oh. and maybe a few other like shows at that time that were like really really big. And I guess it just when it when it first aired it didn't it just didn't catch you know didn't catch on but i think what happened was after it was canceled it kind of found a second life on mtv and that's where i think a lot of people watched it and it gained a following yeah i don't think i if i knew i have forgotten because it's been so long um you know didn't really know i guess that it was on mtv 
so the the pilot episode is a, is a pretty straightforward one. Um, Angela Chase, played by Claire Danes, starting her sophomore year of high school, she pretty much just go, undergoes a complete character 360 as far as uh, you know she dye, dyes her hair red with the help of her new friend Rayanne. Um, she kind of ditches her old best friend. She just sort of has a new uh, attitude or I don't know bad bad attitude or she she's just trying to find herself I guess like she just decided that she was not satisfied with who she was or who she felt she was supposed to be and now she is looking to find out who she's supposed to be. Does that sound that pretty much appropriate? Sums it up, yeah. And of course, there's a boy involved. Hello. The boy, <laughs> the boy to end all high school crushes, Jordan Catalano. <laughs> he leans great. Uh, as was mentioned multiple times. Right by both by Angela, boys and girls yeah, alike. So, by Angela you know. and Ricky, who is uh, the third part of the uh, the trio, the uh, gay slash bisexual uh they in the pilot they don't really he doesn't get a lot of time in the pilot but i i i think it's pretty pretty easy to assume that he is homosexual she definitely said bye at one point right i didn't know if she what but i i also feel like she maybe was guessing like she wasn't even 100 percent sure herself because part of it is you know, one could ascertain from, you know, things he says, whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she really doesn't know this person well at all. She literally just started hanging out with Rayanne, and I think Ricky was part of the package. I don't think mm-hmm. she knows Rayanne very well either, but she definitely doesn't know Ricky very well yet. Yeah, and and I feel like in 1994, we, you know... Gay culture was not quite part of pop culture yet, so no. I mean, look at the reaction of her mother when she says he's yeah. bi, and, and the and, mother like whatever. I forget the exact words, but she's just like you know to the father like, do you hear what she's saying? Like, oh my god! Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's like a, it's the worst thing that you could. Yeah, she said something like, "He's not bi. He's a child, and he's confused, or something like that." Yeah. Like, so you know the, the I'm I'm fascinated to the point of almost wanting to watch more to just as just from the point of view of like the the uh, gay culture and the you know just to see how it's presented and how it's how it evolves over the course of this show if it does at all and, and how the characters are portrayed uh, since that was. Uh, almost 25 years ago. I mean, a, a lot has a lot has changed <laughs> since then. <laughs> but um, so we've got um, you know Angela. She's she's got this whole new life seemingly. I mean, but she's trying to reconcile it with her same old kind of sad suburban home life, which to me seems equally 
typical, like actually kind of in a way sort of well written because it seemed very uh, spot on and also kind of awful. I'm just going to come out and say I'm going to go with the latter. I'm going to go with awful. Mm-hmm. I didn't really love this show. And I kept thinking to myself, what's the problem here, Jen? This is right up your alley. Teen angst. Mm -hmm. The boy and the leaning. (laughs) I mean, come on. This this is like perfect stuff for me. 90s. You know, Mm -hmm. anything like... 80s, 90s, that I love it. I think about all the 90s, you know, teen dramas. I used to watch all that stuff. I don't know why I didn't watch this one. I guess probably when it first came out, like, I was busy. That was the that was when I left for college. You would have been in college. I was you not were... watching TV, really, because right. I had a few other things to do. Um, and then whenever it had its second life on MTV, I don't, I don't know, like, if that was... How far after it was canceled that happened. Um, in New Wilmington, we did not have MTV. <laughs> um, you know, so whatever. And then I went on to grad school. Probably just put it in that category, that this large group of God, shows that like okay. I totally missed because I was busy we get going it. to school. We get it. You're educated. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, dummy like me. Stop. So I wanted to like it. Like I really did want to like it and I expected to like it. On paper, this, you, this does sound like it's like you said, it should be right in your this wheelhouse. This is perfection yeah. for me, right? But what you said about um, almost too typical, I think mm-hmm. is, is how you said it, is basically what I wrote throughout my notes to the point where I was like, ugh. Uh, okay, okay, another thing that just feels like, oh, we've seen this a hundred times. A little cliche. Yeah, and I I know, how much can you really, how much new material can you really come up with, especially when you're dealing with like a teen drama, mm-hmm. and there's going to be boys, and there's going to be girls, and there's going to be love interests, and there's going to be, oh God, it's high school, and everything is awful, and exciting, and dramatic, and crazy, and, you know, but... There was just so much that I I kind of wanted to scream. I was frustrated almost like right out of the gate with mm-hmm. this show. I almost felt like they were trying too hard in some ways. Like one of the first things she says is school is a battlefield for your heart. Oh, God. Yeah. And I was, was like, really? That was kind this, of an eye roll moment for me. I, I didn't write that down, but I do remember that. We're, we're like 27 seconds in, and this is like the first thing that you're saying and I literally wrote typical 90s teen drama but I'm I'm almost like frustrated that I even wrote that because it's not typical like so many 90s teen dramas mm-hmm. I enjoyed mm-hmm. throw me some Dawson's Creek we'll watch it right now let's do this <laughs> um so I, I don't know even if typical is the right word because if it was typical I would have loved it there was wonder, just something so frustrating about this show. Here's what I here's what I think, and tell me if you think I'm I'm off base or or maybe you just don't share the opi- same opinion. I feel like shows like like if okay if we're gonna compare it to Dawson's Creek, uh, 
Dawson's Creek is a little bit more. I'm just gonna say soap opery, whereas this feels like it's a little more rooted rooted in reality. Like it from the way it was filmed to the setting, um, like their school looked like a tenement. It really did, it, like the paper towels. Yeah. When the one girl was getting the paper towels, I was like, oh my god, are you they know, in, like in the ghetto? And they're not. That's how they were back then. The, like, like, like school. The school just seemed like it was in disrepair. But maybe it was just supposed to be like they were just saying, oh, this is just a a, a typical high school in who knows where USA. Um, they they didn't specify where this episode took place. Although I think I read that. And maybe this comes up later on in the series. Uh, and I don't know if you knew this. The show takes place in a fictional suburb in Pittsburgh. Or a fictional suburb suburb of Pittsburgh. Maybe that's why the paper towel holders look so familiar to me. <laughs> um, so if, for those who are listening, we are, uh, you know, that's of particular interest to us because we are based in Pittsburgh, PA. But but the, like I said, the, the, the show is, is supposed to be based in a fictional suburb of Pittsburgh, but that doesn't come up in this pilot episode. But like I said, you know, if you look at a show like Dawson's Creek where it's um, set in Cape side and it's very picturesque. It's a, it's a little sea, little like a waterfront town and they've got a cute little town and a nice high school and, and everyone is fresh looking. And whereas this seemed a little bit more like, gritty and dark i mean but not tonally not like everybody was like you know dark and gritty but just the way it was filmed um everything just had this dark look to it now i don't know if that's the quality you know after 25 years if that that was just the quality of how it was filmed um, oftentimes pilot episodes sometimes look different than the rest of the series but I feel like maybe this show didn't have that same feeling of um, the fun teen angst because the the problems and the character characteristics of the of the kids and of the family and the school felt too real and and you know we watch TV to escape from that for the most part you know obviously there are some shows that we want to watch because you know, it's rooted in reality. But a show like this should feel a little bit more, or you would think it would be, a, would skew a little bit more Dawson's Creek than a little bit, than what it is now. Or, or you know, the, the kind of dark tone to it. Yeah, I did notice that it, it did seem dark. Um, like the, the, but I, I thought it was the quality of the the film or like it, it just the fact that it's old and you know whatever and and I think that's part of it maybe but... maybe part of it is was intentional to give that extra feeling of I don't know a little not to be dramatic but a little depression if you will like she's trying to sort through her her life. And it's a dreary, in some ways, a dreary time mm -hmm. for her. And perhaps that's what they were trying to convey. I don't know. But I feel like I'm okay with reality. 
and I'm okay with like, you know, the dreariness or this, you know, snarky comments and whatever. I just throughout the episode continued to feel like things were a little too, I don't know, too forced almost like Mm -hmm. She's so hypercritical. I get it. She's a teenager and, you know, they excel at that. I'm sure that I did when I <laughs> was a teenager. But it was like literally she – well, oh God, and she's doing an, her, her her narrative, you know. I, I wrote that down. I said I'm, I'm, I already have a problem with this episode. So I get a little particular when there's a narration um, – I I didn't love that there was this narration and she was very almost monotone. And again, maybe that's intentional. Maybe that was part of like this like dreary part of her life. And oh, it's so hard being a teenager and figuring out who you are and whatever. But like she's just so hypercritical about everything to the point that it's like super annoying. And I, you know, I started making a list. (laughs) (laughs) She... Like, just up and quits yearbook. You know, it's, I don't know, not what she wants to do anymore. She looks around the room, and it's like, almost, I don't want to say disgust, but like, ugh, what am I doing here, you know? (laughs) And then the teacher um, wants to, like, talk to her during her lunch to make sure everything's okay, and she describes the teacher's lunch as pathetic. It's a sandwich and chips, <laughs> the kind of thing that many teenagers would eat for lunch. I, it was almost like too much. Like I, I, you know, I would be a liar if I didn't say that I was critical of my teachers when I was in school mm-hmm. or that we didn't have, you know, little sayings or judge them on certain things or the way they spoke or their bra things, straps, things I would say, <laughs> things they wore. But then I also listed the bra strap. Like it, it, I made a list because I felt like they were giving me a list, you know, like here's a thing. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Here's another mm. thing. Like it just, and it just felt too like, like forced. Yeah. It, it felt like she, as a sophomore was already, um, settling into like the mundane or or she was being it was almost like she was became aware of how mundane her life seemingly was um you know like from her her best friend who just seemed to bore her and kind of drone on about just in like things to that to her were inconsequential just dumb things it was almost like she was trying to like she felt like she had, had already outgrown yeah high school or, mm-hmm. or or her current state but i mean how old are you when you're a sophomore like 14 15 um maybe maybe 15 so uh, she was definitely like written older than she probably would have been yeah I I wrote at the end of my list the apathy feels forced 
And she's just so, like, she's apathetic. Like, why don't you want to be on the yearbook anymore? We thought you liked yearbook. Mm. I don't know. She just anno- annoyed with the world, annoyed with everything. Mm-hmm. And that kind of annoyed me. And, I, and I'm not even playing devil's advocate because I, I agree. But at the same time, that I feel like that goes back to my theory about the the realism of this show because you know if you talk to almost any teenager i feel like 90 percent of the time the answer to whatever question you ask them is going to be i don't know (laughs) and i feel like that was my answer when i was a teenager because i don't know (laughs) you know it's like because you don't know and you're trying to you know you are trying to figure out the answers but at the same time you still don't completely abandon your yourself. At, at least most people don't. Maybe some people do. In this case, she did. Um, I mean, it seems like she kind of comes around a little bit at the end, slightly, when she there's a little bit of reconciliation. She, there's a lot of a lot of tension, a lot of uh, friction between her and her parents, specifically her mother, Patty, who I wrote. Wow, mom is a dick. <laughs> because she kind of was. Yeah, she kind of was. For, for most of the episode, uh, her, her mom, Patty, was a dick. I love the way you said Patty. Patty. <laughs> her parents, Patty and Graham. Uh, yeah, I wrote that right after. So they, uh, the episode kind of starts right after she... Or right around the time she like she dyes her hair, and it's so very obvious that her mother hates it, as mothers are often, you know, very critical of their children, specifically um, their daughters, you know, because I think mothers a lot of times see their daughters as extensions of themselves. You know, she's very she's trying very hard not to say anything awful to her daughter about her new color hair. And what does she? What does she say? Um, well, at least you'll be easy to spot in a crowd. <laughs> and that's when I wrote, "Wow, mom is a dick," <laughs> because that was just that was just awful. And, and and it seemed like the throughout the entire episode. Um, see, the, and, and that's what I felt. What might have been a little forced was the mom was just way. She was just too. I don't even know what you call, what you call it. It wasn't like controlling. It, it, she wasn't like controlling because she still let Angela have her freedom, like, grudgingly. You know, she, it's like she, she knew she didn't want her to do the things she was doing, but at the same time, she wouldn't restrict her from doing those things. She was also hypercritical of her daughter. Maybe that's where Angela gets it. <laughs> it's not her fault. <laughs> yeah, she she was very hypercritical and a little bit, you know, critical of her husband as well. Like I wrote in my notes like, oh, like all this bickering, geez. Because you're mm-hmm. right. The way you described it is exactly right. The mom Patty, <laughs> Patty. <laughs> was very critical of Angela, the hair which you know, I'm not passing out compliments here. And to be honest, like I thought the hair looked good. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah, that, I mean that she was she could that wear was the her, red. That was kind know? of her. I feel like at the time that was like her trademark. Like yeah. that was her 
That's how you. It's like that's how you knew. You know, like Felicity. Felicity had her trademark curls. Um, you know, Angela had her trademark red hair. You know, that's how you knew her. She was the redheaded girl. Yeah. You know, and yeah, she really stood out. And and you're right. She did. You know, it looks. You know, looked good on her. Yeah. So I don't know. The mom was like super critical, but then. You kind of get a little bit of a backstory on the mom, and then it's like, really? Because, like, the dad, Graham, <laughs> was telling Angela how, what did he say? Like, they changed the date of prom for for the Oh, because she, mom was, she had, like, an append, like, yeah, she was, she was, he was talking about, I guess they went to high school together, and he was saying, yeah, she, the, the school changed the date of the prom because she was in the hospital for like appendicitis or something and so saying like kind of school, hinting that she was the you know the queen of the school or something right right school doesn't change the date for just anybody they change it for super important mm-hmm. person Probably you know most likely the prom queen right <laughs> so it almost seemed like the mom lived a certain lifestyle like as a teenager somehow be- between teenage years and having her own teenager she did like a complete 180 mm-hmm. she she was certainly the cool kid that's what it sounds like she's like not really the cool mom she's super annoying and she knows it a, li- a little bit like she knows it because like part of the bickering between angela's parents like her mom was said to her dad like you know you get to be the good guy all the time and i always have to be the bad guy and it mm-hmm. sucks and you know, like it's almost like she had to like she grew up and became the adult. So I, I think I missed it because the narration, I, I couldn't fully understand what she was saying. But so the they owned a business. So and, it's a family, I think, printing business, and okay. it, it was in the mom's family, mom's side of the family, mm-hmm. and the dad worked there for a time, but. It almost kind of sounded to me like mom was like, oh, forget it. You stay home because I do this better than you do. Yeah. So the like mom went back to work or took over work or whatever. Angela said something to the effect of my mom is essentially my dad's boss. Yeah. So, so I'm that sure was kind of weird too. Yeah, and I'm sure that is a definitely a, a point of contention that maybe – they explore further. Let me tell you though, these two, they're they're no Mitch and Gail Leary. Oh hell no! Oh please! <laughs> Woo! No, they, 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 yeah, they are nowhere close to the Learys. Um, sticking with the parents, but jumping ahead a little bit. In fact, jumping to the end. Um, do we see Dad cheating? I think that's what's happening there. Remember, the Dad said he was going. Whatever, do something with his brother. With his brother, and she made a comment like, "Oh, you're seeing your brother like twice, twice in one yeah. week," and he's like, "Oh, he just broke up with somebody mm-hmm. or something like that." And then it seemed like the police officer dropped off Angela not in front of her house, but maybe a block or two away. Yeah. So maybe that's what kind of what the dad was doing with his lady friend. Like, let's not pull up in front of my house we'll stop a couple blocks away mm-hmm. whatever 
brilliant plan. So <laughs> and, and get out of the car, right? And, and talk. have a conversation. Um, but it wasn't like a sexy talk. They were like they were no. they they weren't like in an embrace or kissing or anything. They were like a respectable distance from each other, probably like you know a foot or two right away so from each other. So this could be he could be talking to his brother's ex ex girlfriend or right. wife or whatever, trying to you know, mm-hmm. plead with her to take him back or something for all we know. But, you know, anytime you see a scene like that, it's dun-dun-dun, he's yeah. cheating. Yeah, to Angela, I mean, it was like, oh my God, my dad's talking to someone that's not my mom. So, yeah, I think that they make it clear that Angela has a better or traditionally has had a better relationship with her dad. Um, Can joke with him. He's a little bit more... I don't know, down to earth, gets her a little bit more. So I think it's um, whether, you know, if, if we learn that he is cheating, that's just probably going to, like, really mess her up. Or in the mean, if she's not cheating, in the meantime, she thinks he's cheating and she's going to be especially angry because I think she holds him to a higher standard. She would expect something dumb, maybe not expect, but, like, from her mom. She would not at all expect her dad, who, mm-hmm. you know, he's on this, like, pedestal. She would not expect something like that from him. Right. Probably one thing that maybe we need to touch on, because it's only been slightly mentioned, is Jordan Catalano. Oh, that I was definitely going to bring that up next. Okay. I mean, spe- because, speaking well, of putting someone on a pedestal. We can talk about some stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, whatever. I didn't watch this show when it was on, but I knew who Jordan Catalano was. Sadly, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> so, we only get the most, you know, brief of introductions. He's only in a couple scenes, and mm. basically, she's, she likes him, although it's one of those, I think she just likes what he looks like. She doesn't know him at all Mm -hmm. she sees him you know across the hall in school whatever um again describes the way he leans Mm -hmm. as like a thing yeah um and what what else closes his eyes a lot or something that was mentioned right something yeah some other thing that he does yeah and and i did notice at one point i was like is that what they said and i noticed him leaning against the wall and he did kind of like tilt his head back, closes his eyes. I don't know if he's deep in thought or whatever, you know, but. I don't think that's the case because apparently this dummy was left back twice. <laughs> I forgot about that. She did mention that. was like that. one of the first things like, like that's, is that something that, you know, is on his, like his resume that he should be proud of? Like his, like, yes, he. He was left back twice. Good at leaning. Good at leaning. Left (laughs) back twice. Left back twice. I'm like, Angela, you can do so much better. Well, he's a good looking dude, you know, and and she's scoping him out. And her new friend, what's the new friend's name? Rayanne? Rayanne. Rayanne sort of, you know, runs with like a different crowd than Angela is used to. A little She's bit a party more girl. Social crowd and whatnot. And She's out every night. Right. Thursday nights at a party with a live band I and spotlight? That. I said that. I was like, what, what, who has a house party with a full band on stage 
on a Thursday night. In a yard. Yeah. Your neighbors will never know what's up. They'll never tell your parents. By the way, that party band was named Animal Bag. It was in the credits. Let me look them up on Spotify. (laughs) So Angela is uh, sort of running with this different crowd, more social. Rayanne's like, oh, yeah, you got to go to this, you got to go to that. Everything she she talks about is Jordan will be there. Mm -hmm. And Tino can get us in. (laughs) Do we even know who Tino is? We have not, at least in this episode, we did not meet Tino. Okay. But he was supposed to, he was supposed to get us in. Right. Angela, you know, maybe partially follows along because Jordan could be there at these different things. One was this Thursday night party. I know I was a big nerd. I know it. Okay. But like, were people really going out on Thursday nights in high school? Well, that's the thing. I don't believe that this was a high school party. I think like whatever crowd that Rayanne runs with, she's clearly, she clearly mixes it up with, with older people with, you know, and older to them is going to be maybe someone who's at least 21. So maybe someone who's six or seven years older than them. But to them, that's like, they're, they're a god to them. So did did we ever have, you know, a party, like a kind of a impromptu throwdown on a weeknight? Sure. Um, like when we were in our 20s. The 20s, uh, yes. But, but yeah, but never with a full band and <laughs> never with any high school kids. <laughs> they had a spotlight with yeah. an operator. They were they had a full light show. They there was were, a guy I, whose job it was was to had, operate the spotlight. They had a stage. They, I mean, and this was like a like a five member band. Too. This wasn't some dude with an acoustic guitar. It was Animal Bag. It was Animal Bag. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that see, I, I don't think this was a high school party. I think this was a a house party that Rayanne knew about. She knew that she could get into. Which, so, which Rayanne, we didn't even see Rayanne or Ricky there. Like, Angela just shows up and just starts walking around. So it's like, do you really need to get into this party? Seems like she could just walk right in. Right. So, two big events are the party and a rave. Mm-hmm. And Jordan is supposed to be at both events. So, let's see. Angela goes to the party, falls in the mud. Goes in the house attempting to, like, clean herself up or whatever. Barely talks to Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's sitting there watching, like, am, like music videos with the sound off. Presumably so he could keep listening to Animal Bag from the comfort of a recliner. <laughs> you don't uh, want to miss a single note, okay? Especially when the video that was on the TV was Divinal's I Touch Myself. That's some good stuff. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry. So, but she, but she shows. Yeah, she walks in and it, there, there's this huge awkward scene where they don't talk to each other for like 30 seconds. I I don't know if that could have been more awkward. There were a lot of awkward moments overall in this in this episode, but. And I feel like okay, maybe you're a little embarrassed. You literally just fell in the mud, and mm-hmm. the whole front of your outfit is muddy okay mm-hmm. i get it you walk in even more awkward by golly there's your crush sitting mm-hmm. on the couch and you look a mess 
But still, you'd be you'd even if you were like, uh, I fell in the mud. Like you'd say <laughs> something. You wouldn't just stand there. Like neither of them said a word. She'd be like, I carried many, a watermelon. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like many painful well, seconds were going by, and I was just like, God I, damn it, Angela! Well, oh see, my God! Well, see, I, I don't think he even noticed. I don't think he gave a shit. Well, I think what if we were going to proceed with this show? I think maybe what we're going to learn about Jordan is that he has some, like, troubled past or something. Maybe that's why he, you know, flunks a couple of grades or whatever. But he's, you know, like, super detached. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they get together, right? And so that's probably going to be the basis of their, like, falling in love mm-hmm. is they have this thing in common where they're both just, like, whatever about life. Other people in the show... Other than the famous Jordan Catalano, 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 Catalano. I think they said Catalano. Catalano. Um, Angela's poor little sister has zero chance in that family. <laughs> every every time there was a family scene, the the little sister was like, "Mom, can I do this? Dad, look at me!" and and it was just like, "Shut up," or ignore or yeah 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 that's fine do whatever this kid is going to be starved for attention because the parents are solely focused on oh it's like you think angela. angela's a problem this kid's going to be pregnant by the time she's yeah. 13 little sis is going to grow up i mean in like three years you're not going to recognize her yeah yeah, yeah. She, they're Idiots. gonna they're gonna have a little rayanne on their hands <laughs> um hmm. the the curly-haired kid. Brian? Was, was her neighbor? I that, think so. They, they kind of just sprung that on us. So like, they they introduce us a little bit to this kid because they're, there's the scene where they basically show in every single class he's in, he's the only one who knows the answer and offers the answer, and the teachers call on him. And yeah, like, he's in, like, math, he's in English, he's in, like, every class answering questions, and everybody else is, like... Nobody. Stereotypical teenagers <laughs> bored out of their mind, whatever. Well, and, and and the teachers seemed like like they were just mailing it in themselves for the well, most part. Did you see what they brought for lunch? Yeah, pathetic. Pathetic, right? right? A sandwich and chips. Oh my god. God. <laughs> but he seems like he's the kind of the stereotypical like I'm the nice guy. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the friend zone. Okay, so I think we're supposed to believe he likes her or is in love with her or whatever. He is a photographer for the yearbook, and he's taking borderline creepy pedophile pictures, like the kind of thing where she's not looking and he's yeah. snapping pictures. And, Pretty, yeah, stalker. Right, stalker. Hanging around her house. Um, I mean, it's like nighttime. He's riding his bike. I mean, sure, you could totally he's, do that. But, like, lingering, just doing, like, little circles and such. And it was, like, deliberate. Like, I'm here because I'm looking at you. I want to come to the part where he's sitting in a tree in the middle of the night reading a book by flashlight when the, when the policeman pulls up to drop Angela off. Yeah, so... That was just weird and dumb. And, like, was it, was that, like... Oh, I'm a I'm a cool I'm a quirky sensitive kid who reads in the dark by flashlight in a tree. That part again, like so much else that we saw, felt forced. Okay, so the cops put Rayanne and Angela in the car 
at the rave because there's a scene they cause a scene because some some dude is trying to like get all up on Rayanne mm-hmm. and you know yeah a couple older guys trying are... to go Kavanaugh on her in a parking lot right so Angela defends her by throwing something I think whatever no. and so there's like Rayanne got mad that Angela got involved and threw a bottle oh right right and right smashed near the guy's head and so then the police officers nonchalantly stroll over and say, like, what's going on here? Puts the ladies in the car, drives them home. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hated when they get to Angela's house and the cop gets her out of the car. It's like, you might as well just say, like... It was, again, just, like, forced. Like, oh, hey, who are you, kid in a tree? (laughs) Oh, I'm, like, Brian, the smart guy, the neighbor. Oh, well, this is your friend. Take care of her. So what I think we're going to see is 19 episodes of Angela falling all over Jordan to the point where they finally get together, however many episodes that takes, all the while, poor Poor Brian sitting in a tree. Garfunkel. Yes. (laughs) Poor poor Garfunkel. (laughs) Oh, God, his hair was very Garfunkel. Yeah. Um, I feel like even in 1994, no kid would wear their hair like that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you had curly hair, you'd just go get a haircut. He needs to to pacey himself up. Hell yeah. Get some frosted tips up in there. (sighs) So, like, the cop basically, like, said... You're the nice guy neighbor. Take care of her. Like, we already know he's the nice guy neighbor. Mm-hmm. It just seemed cheesy that, you know, Brian just happens to be there in a tree mm-hmm. when the cop pulls up. Forced. I don't know. It just all felt like forced. Brian, they talk for a minute, and he's all like, what are you doing with your life, basically? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, slash just be normal. Trying to have some real talk with her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. well, and and he's what well, I think again, like what we'd see for nineteen episodes is he's going to pine over her and always be the literal boy next door who never got the girl because he's a nerd yeah. and the girl became cool or something. The, yeah, there's going to be a lot of unrequited love from someone in this series. Um, someone else who gave Angela some some real talk who was also just I'm like geez I, I wouldn't have been this person's friend either was her previous best friend when they had their little their little blow up in the in the girls room yeah and uh I'm just going to tell you what people are saying about you <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it's like and I hate your hair oh yeah yeah I she was kind of a dick too even when she wasn't being a dick. She was very overbearing. I may yeah. have dropped her <clears throat> as my friend too. So yeah. piece of me doesn't even blame Angela for that. Yeah. Because I don't even remember the girl's name, but the friend was super overbearing, like just mm-hmm. so much coming at you. Yeah. So but at the same time also kind of justified in like 
what the hell, Angela? Like, you just totally dropped me for your new, like, cool friends, WTF. Yeah. And, like, that's justified. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been there before where you're somebody's friend and your friend drops you for whoever they think is cooler. And then you're left, like, going, what the hell? And, it, and she called her out on it, which, you know. She did, and it was even a little, um, kind of a little heartbreaking when she, it was almost like for a moment she she was less mad and just sad and said, what did I do? Just tell me what I did. You know, to, and, and, and Angela couldn't because she, she just, you know, she, she didn't have a good answer for why she didn't want to hang out with her. It, either because she just legitimately didn't know or she was trying to spare her feelings. We don't know. But it was, it was just sad. I, and I think everyone's been in that position where, and maybe you, wouldn't have said it out loud to the person, but you just want to, you know, you, when you know you're drifting apart from someone or you have drifted apart from someone and you just want to know why and, and and you're willing to do near anything, you like, just tell me what I did and well, I'll fix it or I'll do it or I won't do it. Or, I think you know. most of the times, most of the time in that situation, again, they're 15 years old, maybe. So, like, articulating, finding the right words to Mm -hmm. describe why you don't want to be friends with someone anymore, even though they have done nothing wrong. Probably in the whole episode, this is, like, one part where I could actually, like, identify with Angela and be like, no, I I get you. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, like, your interests just change, especially when you're that age. So, you know, you drift apart, whatever. She doesn't know how to say... Like, you're into whatever, and I'm kind of interested in other stuff now, you know. And there's no easy way to to find the words, but then to also find the words and make them not hurtful. Mm-hmm. The other friend, whose name I cannot remember, I don't think she understands. That's why she's asking, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a fight. Angela didn't isn't mad at you, and it'll it's going to get fixed. This is Angela just figuring out who she is. And thus, who she wants in her life, like who she wants to spend her time with. It's not even like a real conscious decision, like, hey, let me just go ahead and drop that friend. You just kind of start (laughs) drifting towards the other friends that you Mm -hmm. feel like you have things in common with. And I think Angela even feels bad. Like, you know, when she says, I don't know, Mm -hmm. that's maybe one of the most like real sounding things out of her mouth the whole episode. Like, because I believed like she doesn't know. Yeah. She doesn't, or, you know, or she like knows, but she doesn't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. And the other girl, honestly, I think she just she didn't catch up to where Angela is. She she doesn't. She truly thinks she did something wrong. She doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, Angela's not mad. She's just living. Just L I V I N. So. um one other thing I have written down here, which I, I feel is going to be of big interest to you, and this is something that I thought was very, something that Angela said to her teacher that I thought was very uh, very well said, very astute, and it, and it kind of hit me because, I, you know, when when I was in high school, I was, I was not uh, a joiner, I was not in anything, um, yeah, very apathetic for the most part. I, you know, I did my work. I participated when I had to, like in gym class or whatever. Um, 
but that was it. I I I didn't I had no extracurriculars, um, and when it came to yearbooks, I I literally the only yearbook I have in my possession is my senior yearbook. That was it. I I could care less about any other year. I have my senior yearbook. I still have it. Um, but so when the when the her, the the teacher questions Angela about quitting and her concerns and you know quitting yearbooks club or yearbook staff or whatever, and Angela starts talking about the just the concept of the yearbook and how it's it, like it's almost a sham because it, it shows this idealized version of what the year was like, and she said if it really showed what the year was like it would be pretty awful and that's maybe an extreme I mean sure there were a lot of good things that happened throughout the year when I was in school but there are also a lot of crummy things that happened in high school just in general and I get that maybe those aren't the things you want to remember in a you know immortalized in a book but they're things that happen nonetheless so as someone who has a lot of yearbooks in her possession. <laughs> What's your? They're two feet away from us right now. Right. Those, those are, are just high school. Those are your high the middle school ones are downstairs. Yeah, and don't you have a couple upstairs? Do you have your college year ones? College ones. Now college that was different. It was free, so like why not? Okay. Literally, it was included in your tuition. Okay. Everybody got a yearbook. So you've got several yearbooks in your possession. Sure. I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, we have a different take on on yearbooks. Not not one is right or wrong, but what you know did that resonate with you at all, or did, like what did you think about that? Well, I think it's it is a true statement what she said about yearbooks. Like, but that's the point of the yearbook. You don't put crappy stuff in. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, the yearbook definitely has evolved, and I think even uh, I want to say like. Did our senior year, or maybe it was the college yearbook, and I'm just getting mixed up. There's definitely a yearbook in my life that contains, um, like, headlines, like news things, a couple pages, and I think there's pictures, and um, so it's not what happened at school. It's, like, what happened throughout the world. Um, so it's like a time capsule. Almost, yeah, and it's only a couple pages because it's mm-hmm. the yearbook is supposed to be representative, obviously, of that year of, of school. Um, but really, it, it's from memories. So it, you put in the things you would want to remember, and you leave out the crummy stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's all the photos and all the clubs, and you know we always had whatever the heck you call it, like where the seniors could sit, say like um, remembers this, that, and the other thing, and you could write your own little paragraph. And we read it now, and we're like lucky if we remember half of what's <laughs> in there. Like, what does such and such mean? I don't know. I don't remember that. But it, I, I feel like that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like just the things you would want to remember. Like nobody's going to take their paragraph and be like, you know, Oh, remember that time where, like, you know, the beaker exploded in chemistry class and I got glass shards <laughs> in my face or something? Like, nobody wants to remember the awful or stuff. Or remember when so and so shoved me in a locker or pantsed me in, in right, the like, cafeteria? And yeah, we're not going to include like what's embarrassing or what was hurtful or you know, that's mm. just not the point 
of the yearbook. Not that her statement isn't accurate, because it's completely accurate. It's just what she's saying is almost the definition of a yearbook. You just put in the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seemed like... It was almost like she she was having trouble recalling good things that you know that the the apathy and the the negative experiences had already taken over and that's that's weird maybe i I don't know it's like you know the pilot starts where the pilot starts we don't know what caused angela to be so apathetic and Mm -hmm. like whatever sure we get a little taste of like her overbearing friend her ridiculous parents like whatever we don't get that's everybody that's not that doesn't change a person's like you know perspective and attitude and whatever that doesn't change everybody's i should say Mm -hmm. so i don't know what caused her to feel like you know this was just like the worst year ever and who would want to remember it yeah and and school basically just started too so how could it be yeah, like the worst year ever. Nothing. I don't. You know, in school, I was right in the middle. I wasn't popular, but I wasn't like a big loser or whatever. I was like right in the middle. And I guess maybe if I was in the popular crowd, maybe I could say things would have been like better. Although I don't really think so. I, I think, you know. I don't want to say I did the best with. That sounds like demeaning because I had a really great experience and like tons of friends, but like it was good. So you know there were there were people who picked on me. There were people who were rude to me. Um, don't even try riding my bus. Don't even. <laughs> you don't want to. But you know and life I don't know like life goes on like it's mm-hmm. it feels like the worst thing ever I certainly remember how it felt to be like picked on but yeah I had my own group of friends and our own little jokes inside jokes and fun things that we did and we were still like I was you know I was in a bunch of clubs and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that so it's not like I had some awful experience and I feel like she's not that much different than I was. Maybe she's not in the popular crowd, but she's certainly not, you know, an outcast or something. Like, she clearly has at least the one friend before moving on, you mm-hmm. know, to Rayanne. Um, why is life so awful? I don't... I'm, I'm not completely following. She's not unattractive. Like, she doesn't have... Crazy no. growth on the side of no, her head. But she like is, there's like you know. I, I feel like she's not classically attractive. You know she's she's probably a little awkward to you know to get like stereotypical. She's not like the cheerleader type. You know. Right, but neither was I, and I had a great time. Mm-hmm. And I guess it just I don't know. It's easy for me to say as an adult. I get that, but it's still just kind of frustrating. Like you know, like why is everything so awful for you? And, like, sophomore year just started, and you're already, like, thrown in the towel. Like, ah, oh, this year's going to blow. There's nothing worth putting in a yearbook. It's all fabricated what you want to put in anyways. Now, I wonder if 25 years ago, had you watched this, if you if your feelings would have been different. You know, because I, I feel like... I know we don't consider ourselves old, per se, but we're over 40, and 
I feel like eventually, as time goes on, we're going to have a harder time relating to younger characters. You know, and it's... Yeah, I mean, had I watched this show when it first aired, maybe I would, would be, have really enjoyed it and felt like, would it be like gosh, I understand you, Angela. A, you know, in in the category of Dawson's, you know. But see, I watched Dawson's when it was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't just, like, pick it up. No, only. that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe if you, if you were watching this, maybe it would be like... Oh, oh, yeah. You would, you would have the same affinity for it as you would a Dawson's. But that's that. That's a, those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> they certainly are. Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a tough one. And I, I definitely agree with you. You know, it's you get a little forgetful. You get a little bit away from what I'll say, like what young people do. <laughs> now well, I sound like an old person. But yeah, like it will, it is and will continue to be probably harder for us to identify with like that age of mm-hmm. character. What I feel like the, you know, as as melodramatic as it was, I, I feel like, you know, the, the school scenes were somewhat spot on. Like, you know, the the scene where they were in the cafeteria I had like a brief moment of like panic I'm like oh my god I remember trying to find a seat in the cafeteria it was hard you know I mean like trying to find like friendly faces or safe territory or if you couldn't you got to find some corner to sit in <laughs> so you're not noticed I know, you know and not that this happened in this show but how many shows do we watch where like that person, you, the, the character can't find a safe place in the cafeteria, mm. so they hide in the bathroom, or they go to the library. Mm-hmm. Not in my school. <laughs> I watch these shows, and I'm just like, how are you pulling this off? Because the library was closed. I mean, you couldn't just go walking throughout the school or go wherever without a pass. You couldn't leave the cafeteria. Right. There were bathrooms right across, I think, if I remember correctly. So if you did have to go to the restroom, like you were allowed to go but you'd have to come right back. You know, there was, I don't know, there was no escaping the cafeteria in my mm. school. So <laughs> Sounds very, there's no escaping the cafeteria. Yeah. That's a, and that's kind of how it felt, although we were, we were lucky, like having, you know, the way our mm. school was being in band, you had band, you had lunch with all the band people. Right, you had a lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I can relate to that, like walking in and, you don't know where to go, where to sit, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, that was that was tough. Okay, well, we usually end these by kind of just dis- you know discussing if this is something we would continue to watch or not. I'm guessing you probably would not continue to watch this. Probably not. I'm I'm just really struggling with this one because. Right out of the gate, I was frustrated with it, and my frustration never really subsided the whole time Mm -hmm. that we watched it, and I want to like it. Like, I really wanted to fall in love with this show, but it just just didn't really click with me, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and I think it's funny because, like, the point that you made, like, 
what if I had watched this show, you know, back when when it was on, would I have identified with it more like a Dawson's Creek or something like that? What what I do find funny though is like when I watch current things and thoroughly enjoy them, like I've watched a couple, you know, that one the Shannon Purser, Purser, whatever, that movie mm-hmm. that I was watching the other night, and yeah. then um, that other movie, To All the Boys I've Loved, To All the Boys I Loved Before, whatever. It was a book. And that's, like, very modern. It's, like, texting, and, like, I was not a teenager who text. Like, so there's things happening in these, um, you know, movies, TV shows, whatever, that... I feel like shouldn't it be harder for me to identify? And there's still like the clumsy walking into the cafeteria scene and like don't know where to go and embarrass yourself and da da da. And those those are timeless things. Those are always going to happen. But I found it easier. I enjoyed those. I found it easier to like relate to the characters. Like I I, I don't know. I should have liked this show. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, I what you're saying, like, would I have liked it? Maybe. But in the same vein, then I shouldn't be able to enjoy or identify with the newer teen stuff as much because mm-hmm. they're having experiences that I've never had and could never have. You know, just a lot again like texting and a lot of it is is based on that kind of stuff and so it sounds so like I don't I don't know it sounds like it comes down to that the stuff that you're that you're watching currently it's it's you know storytelling at a at a higher level at or at, you know I actually think that's probably that's probably part of it you know I'm using those two movies as examples because I literally have watched both of them in the last week week and a half or something um, well, you've also watched, uh, what's that one, 13, 13 Reasons? 13 Reasons Why. Which is, I mean, that that's similar, isn't it? Like a teen melodrama? Yeah. Um, also, you know, based on a book, and and they've gone beyond what the book actually, the story that was actually in the mm-hmm. book with the, their season two. Um, but I I do think maybe, maybe I just appreciate a, a well-written or better written piece because I would say all of those were well you know I love 13 reasons why and I think it is very well done um and that to all the boys I've loved before one mm-hmm. that story I never actually read the book um and I would have liked to read the book I just jumped into the movie because I thought it you know it looked good and I, and I did I really liked how the story was done and I I don't know so maybe I think maybe that's part of it. Okay, fair enough. Um, I can't say that I would continue to watch this, not really for the same reasons as you. Um, I I think I it, it was exactly what I expected it to be, and had I watched this 25 years ago, it would have been the same. It's just not what I'm interested in, you know that yeah. level, that type of story. However, that being said, I. I would watch it. I would cherry pick some things. I would I would pick out. Uh, I'd be mildly interested to see the evolution of 
the relationship between Angela and Jordan and to see how dreamy Jordan becomes to see how to see him lean some more <laughs> and uh, I would actually be interested to see their um, the more of the Ricky character and his um, you know if they flesh out his character anymore with his his sexuality. Yeah, his sexuality. Yes, thank you. You know, because again, 25 years ago, things were a lot different. Um, I don't even know if, like, at that point, you know, I'd have to look at like the timeline or, but, like, what Ellen was doing at that. Like, had she come out yet? Stuff like that. Like, I, you know, I think I, that was just before. And I don't think like Will and Grace hadn't come out yet. Like. Like, you know, homosexuality in pop culture just wasn't... Just wasn't there. Wasn't a thing, yeah. So, it would have been interesting to see if this show had been breaking any ground, you know, or or how they tackled such things as, you know, Ricky's sexuality. So, yeah, like I said, I would, I would probably cherry-pick those two elements of the show. That's about it, though. I think I would... Well, you know what? I'll tell you the one thing I was actually a little disappointed in with this episode. And I thought, I'm thinking like, ah, oh, you know, 1994. We're probably going to get some good music. Ugh. Uh, Can't believe I did not mention that. I'm so sorry to talk over you. But I made a we note got, we got, about how pissed I was about the music. I mean, we got Animal Background Bag. Background music is so awful. Yeah. We got Animal Bag. And then at the very end, we got Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. Everybody Hurts, and I wrote that down. And that was a little too on the nose. Yes! Okay, really quick, because we're trying to wrap things up here. I love that song, love that album. Sure. Had that. It's a great album. Thought it was, and I really thought it spoke to me at that time. Automatic for the people. But again, it was almost like you had to go and be typical again. Yeah, Like just... Just, oh, everybody hurts. Yeah, like, you could be a little bit more, I don't know, discreet? Not even discreet. Make us think a little bit more? It, It's like, the song might as well have been, I'm so sad and I don't know what to do with my life, repeated <laughs> over and over again or something like that. Like, it, it was just too... Tip, like, oh, you had to go and pick the easy song. Right. The one that everybody knows is about going through, like, a tough time and everybody's been there. Yeah. You couldn't you couldn't dig a little bit deeper, you know, bring up, like, some song that maybe we're not aware of and, like, oh, hey, check that, mm-hmm. check out that song. You just had to go with the obvious. Yeah. And that was annoying, even though I love that song so much. And what I'm guessing happened is, you know, for the pilot episode... Maybe the budget wasn't there to get a lot of great music. Um, I, I do know, I, I do remember from working at the record store that a soundtrack came out for this show, and it was very popular. And uh, I never, I never listened to it because I, I just, you know, I wasn't really into a lot of alternative music at the time. But I'm guessing there's probably a lot of good stuff on there. So I think knowing that. And then watching this episode, I kept waiting for some, for some good music or you know, to pop up, you know. But like I said, instead we got Animal Bag. bag. Good old Animal Bag. And then we get the the lonely REM song at the end, and that was it. <laughs> so. Okay, 
Well, that about sums it up for my so-called life. I think we're both pretty much on the same page for that. Um, I just want to real quick um, give a shout-out to um, Pittsburgh PodCon that we attended last Sunday in uh, the Lawrenceville neighborhood of of Pittsburgh at uh, the Spirit um, Hall. I think they call it Spirit Hall, yeah. It's, Spirit like, a, Hall. it's like a venue. It's kind of like a, yeah, like... They have, like a kind of could be a banquet hall, but they got like a stage. Yeah, a they bar. have concerts. They've had wrestling there. They um, they have food when they're open normally. Right. There's a bar and there's a yeah. They have some food, but we we attended um, Pittsburgh PodCon, which was organized by um, two two uh, two organizations, uh, Sorgatron Media and the River's Edge. Both um, both two podcasting networks here in uh, the great city of Pittsburgh, PA, and we had a lot of fun. We met a lot of people. We talked to a lot of people about the show, and um, we had a a notepad out and we were asking for suggestions for shows to watch, and we got about a dozen suggestions. So I think we're probably gonna maybe add those to the rotation. Maybe we'll, you know make, you know, random picks. There's a couple uh, on that list that I'm interested in, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so thanks to everyone who came up to the table and talked to us. Um, it was real cool to, uh, you know, hopefully get some new listeners and get some, you know, give us some feedback on the show. And, uh, again, thanks to uh, Sorgatron Media and The River's Edge for organizing the event. Uh, from what I understand, uh, they're going to definitely have a second one or they're going to do another one next year so cool. that'll be fun um so if you're uh first time listening to the show uh here's all the things places you can find us so our main website is pilotseasontv.blogspot.com and we are on social media at uh, facebook twitter and instagram you can just look for at pilot season tv we are on itunes and google play and if you uh, want to email us, you can email us at pilotseasonpodcast, it's all one word, pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com. And um, you can you know, hit us up with any suggestions for uh, future shows, either on the website, on any of the social media accounts, uh, or you can email us. And uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or uh, uh things about any episodes that we've you know previous episodes we've talked about anything else i think that's it cool okay well again this has been the uh, episode 27 of the pilot season podcast i'm dan and i'm jen and we will see you next time